In December of 2016, a man walks into a bustling pizzeria in Washington, D.C. He's carrying with him an AR-15 and lets off three shots. He has been driven to this point after seeking out conspiracy theories online. It is the same conspiracy four years later, which, in January of 2021, results in a siege on the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and the deaths of five individuals. But how exactly did we reach this unnerving point? And what humble content online has fueled this spreading illness of misinformation? On today's episode, we cover a new era of global online pandemics in the form of conspiracy theories. From JFK to the moon landing, or even the royal family, there are plenty of conspiracy theories which have gained traction over years, especially helped by social media in the 21st century. One of the largest platforms for the dissemination of conspiracies was, and to some extent still is, YouTube. One of the largest online video libraries, according to YouTube, they receive 500 hours of video uploaded every minute far too much for any human being to imagine covering. But it has only been in recent years that conspiracies were more accurately flagged by YouTube's algorithms for quite some time that they were often just left alone, as long as they weren't deemed as too dangerous or harmful. Thus we witnessed the rise and popularization of conspiracies by even some major YouTubers. One of the most well-known YouTubers who covered such things was Shane Dawson, an online comedian turned documentary maker. While there are countless things he has done, one of his most popular online series was a set of conspiracy videos produced from around 2015 to 2020. His last three were a larger series which showed the influence of his audience, with one of the videos targeting Chuck E. Cheese, and according to some sources, resulted in internal investigations alongside an alleged defamation and or cease and desist case. To note though, those claims are alleged and neither Shane or Chuck E. Cheese directly commented on them as far as we can tell. But the majority of conspiracies he covered were relatively harmless, from dead celebrities to the Illuminati. But one showed a different perspective on an ever-growing conspiracy theory, that being flatter. In June of 2018, Shane uploaded a video which covered a mix of semi-popular conspiracies and myths, but the focal point of this 45-minute episode was actually on Shane Dawson's brother, Jared Yaw. In an interview, Shane gives a platform and some validity to the flat earth conspiracy theory, pushing the moon landing conspiracy alongside multiple claims about the flat earth. But what exactly is the issue with broadcasting this? Most people have a platform of a few hundred or even thousand when it comes to conspiracy theories, but with Shane Dawson, it was on a larger magnitude. Just how much larger? Well, at the present time, the video has nearly 38 million views. Whoa. What is the harm of that exactly? In and of itself, there are arguments for and against giving a platform to conspiracy, but in this case, it was more of an issue of efficacy. How so? Well, the primary audience of Shane Dawson isn't adults. It's primarily younger teens. Okay. The average age is between 12 and 15. So these are like kid kids. Baby Gen Z. And we know primarily from psychology and neurological development that younger individuals are more susceptible to this form of information. And while it's more difficult to showcase, I wouldn't imagine it's too much of a stretch to argue that those beliefs are far more concrete in the minds of these kids. So these young kids, teens, what have you, are being exposed to a creator that they arguably look up to and 
see these conspiracies and then we'll not only just believe them, but we'll hold on to those beliefs. Exactly. Which makes breaking them out of that belief even more difficult as they grow up believing these things. Absolutely. It's like Santa Claus. (laughs) I've seen plenty of debunking videos, but I don't think most would bother sitting down for them, which is even more unfortunate. It really reminds me of that one infamous quote people associate with Ronald Reagan, the politicians of the 1980s. Uh, It goes something like, if you're explaining, you're losing. Conspiracies really benefit from the ease of remembering a single liner rather than a drawn-out yet accurate answer, and honestly, it boils down to storytelling. Mm, Storytelling in what way? Well, which stands out more in your mind out of these two scenarios? Number one, Stanley Kubrick worked with NASA to fake the moon landing. Or number two, the collective work of tens of thousands of highly skilled and educated Americans managed to not only perfect a rocket to carry cargo to orbit, but also bring men, and a lander, to orbit, then all the way to the moon, and then finally landed there just to plant a flag, snap some photos, pick up some rocks, and then travel all the way back home. I mean, the shorter one feels a bit more, you know, believable and comfortable to believe in, so... (laughs) People like a good story, but also one that they can easily retell in full and feel like they understand. But why is the short answer, like, easier to handle or and believe in, I guess, in that story sense? It's just the end result of how we all are. We like easy answers to complex questions. So how do you get to the moon? Kubrick in a soundstage. Huh, that, that, yeah, that's easy to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Way more fun to say than a Saturn V, too. Anyways, I've seen a ton of rebuttals to conspiracies, and they always act as though believers are dumb or somehow lesser than them. And honestly, that's just not the case. People of all backgrounds love good stories, and when they can understand elements of a story, it makes them just that much easier to believe. It also doesn't help when groups drop the term conspiracy and either refuse to bring it back up or substitute it with things like theory, which offers a false veneer of legitimacy. So it's like how we believe Amelia Earhart vanished out of thin air, and we all make up grand stories that she somehow made it or was abducted by aliens or pretty much anything. Rather than crashing on a deserted island and being eaten by coconut crabs, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then, ultimately, what can we do? Not just as a collective, but individually, if we know someone who goes down one of these conspiracy rabbit holes. Well, engage with them. Not in a hostile manner, but in genuine curiosity and interest, and just show compassion and empathy. Reason and facts don't need to be insulting or demeaning to make an impact, but also know that sometimes you won't win in a discussion with someone deep down a conspiracy rabbit hole, and that's honestly okay. That's okay. Well, if we've learned anything from the teens growing up and growing out of these conspiracies, it's that over time, one can usually start to form their own beliefs and drift back to reality. Just be on the shore ready to welcome them back and guide them ashore. Being hostile or demeaning just pushes them even further away and makes them feel even more alienated than they probably already do. Like Santa Claus. So, that may work with some conspiracies like the moon landing or flat earth or Santa Claus, as I said, but what about deeper or more insidious ones? Well, yeah, that's fair. It honestly can be incredibly difficult to help a family member or friend come back after falling into one of these rabbit holes, which is why a lot of experts in this field recommend just checking in on family members. If your younger sibling is starting to say things or watch content that may be leading them astray, then just try to gently guide them back, but unfortunately, yeah. You sometimes may realize it's too late, and I'll be honest, I genuinely don't know what to do at that point. 
I guess just ensure you stay safe and always remain willing to help them back to reality if they eventually become disillusioned with it all. That's my best guess. Dang, that's a, that's just really a sucky situation to find yourself in, honestly. Yeah. Well, keeping within the same umbrella of topics, what are some conspiracies you've subscribed to in the past or <laughs> even presently? Ah, we are getting into it. The deepness. I have so many conspiracies floating in my head. It is honestly ridiculous. But one that has particularly stood out to me was about the royal family excluding Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and their beautiful son Archie. They are beautiful and amazing. So the British royal family. Yeah. Yeah. Them. So I just recently finished watching The Crown. Um, shout out to Netflix. Please sponsor us. Um, and, it really, and it really just solidified my thinkings that Princess Diana's death was not an accident but just straight up murder that the queen issued. She wanted it to happen. I swear to God. <laughs> As much as I love the crown, I'm not sure spreading conspiracies on here is what Diana would honestly want. She wanted it. She totally wanted it. I'm telling you, straight up. But, like, I mean, think about, like, like, oh, there's also this documentary on Netflix about Diana and the royal family. It's, and it's also on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, you know, sponsors too. Um, it's, what, Diana in her own words, and, like, she's posing for family photos, and she's, like, crying, and she's sad, and, um, she had tears in her eyes because she was exhausted, and she was struggling with depression and bulimia of the eating disorder, and no one in the family, royal family, knew how to deal with her, in quotations, because you should never have to deal with someone who's in mental health. Like, please help them if you are struggling please get help. You are, you matter so much to the world. God, that's just horrible. Yeah. And it just makes sense. Like she divorced the royal family and she got a new man and she was living her best life and then suddenly dies. It's just too much of a coincidence for me. Uh, but what about you? What deep, dark conspiracy theory do you believe in? Even though I know it's impossible, I think that somewhat along the lines of the moon landing, the, the USSR Reagan administration launched failed Mars missions with people. It's just super funny to me. Like, yeah, it's nonsensical, but imagine you shoot a bunch of men in a tin can at another planet and they don't survive and you just go, well, time for a cover up. <laughs> Seems like something either group would do, honestly. Even if they didn't have the funding or tech for it, it's still one of my favorites. So what exactly is the point of spreading a conspiracy theory? I don't really know. Notoriety, I guess? I mean, well, I mean, that can't be it. I mean, most of these don't have random people tied to them. Like, the Flat Earth conspiracy used to be a myth by ancient Greeks, but in modern day, you can't exactly, like pin it to who keeps it going and thriving to any one singular person. I guess that is true. Uh, maybe it's just a game to see how many people you can influence at once and get to do things. Like, I'm sure globe makers who can charge $500 for flat earth models love the conspiracy and perpetuate it. I mean, I guess, but still, there isn't a big enough audience to sell to. Oh, that's not true at all. It isn't? God, no. Think about it. If you were to make a conspiracy as broad as possible, you target people who believe it. Okay, right. And the thing is, if we're playing a game of shady governments, I'd place my personal stake in America. I mean, I don't blame you, but what's your reasoning? Well, if we're talking purely from history, we have things where we 
thought that they were just conspiracies until they weren't, you know? Such as? Well, you have all this stuff with WikiLeaks, the NSA spying on American citizens. Mm-hmm. Then you have MK Ultra and all that crazy shit the CIA was doing with drugs and experimentation. Uh-huh. And then you have examples like the stuff that was going on with Los Alamos in the 1940s. Uh, that's the um, Manhattan Project, right? Yeah. The top scientists from not only around America, but even captured ones from Nazi Germany and Europe, just vanished alongside their families, completely out of the blue, and they were just in this tiny little desert town developing the most powerful weapon ever made. It's honestly crazy. It's something straight out of sci-fi. Jeez, that's... That honestly is harder to believe than some of these other conspiracies. Which for me just proves that people are willing to accept these things because some of the stuff here is already crazy. It's not that hard to believe that organizations like NASA faking the moon landing or hell the Soviets losing cosmos in orbit the first couple of times they tried, especially with all the other stuff that has already happened in our own history. So out of the bunch of conspiracies that are laid out before us now, which do you think is the most plausible? To be fair, a lot of modern conspiracy theories rely on a lot of anti-Semitism and terrible stuff. So a lot of them I wouldn't bother even mentioning. But one that I do like, purely out of bias, is the stuff about the heart facility here in Alaska. That place people think is the mind control facility? Some people say it's mind control. Others say it's controlling the weather. I doubt it. I mean, there is a building there and it works alongside the universities and government. But the part of the conspiracy I'd be willing to place bets on being true is that the US government has some secret programs up here. That can't be true, right? I have no idea what they'd be doing or to what extent they exist, but we have an ungodly amount of federal land. And if they wanted to have a top secret site, why not hide it in the mountains or somewhere in the woods. You sound insane. <laughs> Maybe a bit. I just think it'd spice up the state a bit. Ah, uh, yes, because this state needs so much more spice. Plus, it's the larger fun of conspiracy theories. It's fun to imagine stuff like that, so long as I also recognize reality and that in all likelihood it's just a bunch of BS made up by people trying to invent stuff about a state they know little about or trying to advertise their own state for tourism. <laughs> Purely out of a deranged curiosity, I asked a bunch of my friends about conspiracies they enjoy or even believe in, and got a wide array of answers. Okay, such as? Well, one of them was talking about the conspiracy that Putin, like the head of Russia, Vladimir Putin, has clones. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, pause, incur- what? <laughs> what? <laughs> All of the stuff that they sent was in Russian, so I have no clue what to make of it or what their whole conspiracy theory actually is, but it seems to be pretty popular over there. Let's continue. What other things did you get in response? <laughs> Another brought up uh, MH370, that Malaysian Airlines flight that vanished and how some people think it was abducted by aliens or that the CIA took control of it. We might just have to dedicate a whole episode to just that at some point. Although, at least in that case, you do have more freedom to kind of assume things. I don't think we found more than a handful of small parts off the plane, so who really knows what happened to it. Another which was mentioned and that personally I find to be interesting and worthy of an episode would be uh, the Dallas International Airport. Editing note, we meant the Denver International Airport, not the Dallas International Airport. Blame the Alaskan for this one. What's the matter with an airport? According to the theories, secret tunnels, demons, Nazis, bunkers, something about the apocalypse, a demonic horse statue, the list goes on. What kind of airport elicits that kind of response? It is insane though, just how fast information spreads now. For real. I mean, 
how, I mean, how long would it have taken for news to travel from Europe to the Americas in, I don't know, like the 1600s? I had to look that one up before we recorded in evidently six to eight weeks. So about two months back and forth. And now we can talk on a podcast, upload it, and it can be accessed across America and the globe in what, like a couple seconds, minutes? I mean, plus you can push something that is true or false and it'll get equal space to go out and infect random individuals across the world. Well, that's why fact-checking is such an important part of this whole content stream that we're working on now. It's sort of your duty now as a content creator to ensure that what you're putting out there is true. But does it do any harm to put stuff like that out there, even if you are a small creator, whether it's true or not? Well, I'm sure you could argue either side with it as plenty of people often do, but ultimately it just takes one person hearing the right piece of incorrect information to snowball into something bigger or to have that person go act on it. And take up others as they fall into that misinformation avalanche. Unfortunately, yeah. Like, uh, on TikTok, you remember that whole weird Wayfair thing that became really popular to talk about? Oh, um, that whole thing with them allegedly selling people instead of furniture? (laughs) Yeah, so in reality, it was a bunch of issues with software that these companies were using to register prices on their sites with competitors. You just have them bouncing back and forth and back and forth, so they infinitely spiral. But most of it was just a misinformation storm that managed to strike a nerve with teens and young adults, but was, according to a handful of specialists who commented on it, something which actually damaged the public perception of child trafficking and human sex trafficking by having people put time, resources, and most importantly, attention towards something that wasn't happening, when those resources and eyeballs could have actually worked to change real aspects of the genuine problem. Which is the actual child trafficking ring and sex trafficking that is actually going on and not dealing with furniture and Wayfair. It's honestly kind of scary. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, word of mouth spreads fear and hate far, and we've seen that in the past, just as the printing press and telegraph did. But now, we're in an entirely different paradigm. Yeah, we have a greater reach with our online presence, as small as it is now, than the entire society's had. And all we use it for is this little podcast. I mean, it's better than using it for evil. But we still could use it for evil. So while we're actually on the topic of using our podcast and using it for evil, I think we should kind of go over our whole process for how exactly we've reached the sort of finalized version of the podcast um, that we actually end up uploading. Well, it's a long process. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could start at the beginning of this really whole process in general of how we got here. So I texted you <laughs> at like eight o'clock at night and was like, we should start a podcast. And you responded within 30 seconds and said, let's do it. And I told you I was being dead serious and you said you are being dead serious. And by 3 a.m. the next morning, we had a full script. (laughs) (laughs) So with that script, um, this isn't something I don't think podcast creators talk about a lot, but a lot gets left on the cutting room floor. And in this case, this is the third iteration of episode one script. And there are a bunch of reasons why we had to change it. The original topic was something that's a bit too sensitive, especially in the times that we're uploading this, because this is going out on inauguration day. At least that's what we're planning on having it. And our original subject was just something that while we do want to cover it we genuinely like believe that it heavily believe in was important to cover that original topic we also recognize that 
as the individuals we are, we can't necessarily do that in our current position safely. And at least in my case, it was sort of some concerns over safety after some odd things happened, as well as some things in the past. But now that's sort of evolved into us taking a look at this whole podcast from like a broader angle to see like how we can approach topics that are specific and yet at the same time not go so deeply into specifics that we target specific groups that may seek us out afterwards as a result of what we said so like while we did talk about flat earth and like the chuck e cheese stuff and shane dawson in this one those are sort of broader spanning topics like there are so many divisions between believers in things like flat earth where it's like yeah talking about it's a broad spectrum thing it's just like it's an umbrella and there's so much beneath it (laughs) but as a part of that we also we ended up losing a lot of the work that we put on this so we this script ended up being um nearly 20 pages and unfortunately a lot of it was originally i think in about 15 pages that were cut that involved groups that I don't want to name here, both out of a concern for safety as well as just not wanting to really give them a platform. Yeah, which, I mean, in and of itself, like, while protecting ourselves, I also see the sadness of it, of that we are, you know, two almost grown adults. Uh, One of us already a grown adult. And we should be able, I know, unfortunately, we should be able to talk about what we believe in and how we feel about certain subjects and we can't because first and foremost i mean we have to protect ourselves we have to protect our families and we while exercising our right to free speech we also have to understand that with free speech comes a lot of hardship and it's sad to think about sometimes while i do enjoy talking about conspiracy theories i mean there are lots of other topics i'd like to talk about that would be unsavory to some but we hopefully will be able to work it out and find our way and yeah (laughs) so yeah while we do want to and hopefully will eventually cover some of these more specific topics we also want to cover them from a position of neutrality and sort of as not really a central focus but more of just one as an outsider looking in sort of almost like an academic way of looking at it which I know that this isn't exactly academia it's a podcast which hopefully you're still listening to and if you are we deeply appreciate it especially for you guys supporting us so early on while we still sort of sort out this whole podcast making situation but at the same time we also do understand that we are covering a lot of ground that has been covered by countless other people And there are a lot of sources to kind of go through for topics that sort of go deeper into the idea of falling down rabbit holes online and sort of those deeper conspiracy theories that do have real impact, which we're now starting to see in the mainstream. And it's sort of horrifying. But at the same time, we also, unfortunately, even though we are practicing our First Amendment rights, we also do recognize that the freedom of speech doesn't necessarily mean freedom from consequence and unfortunately there seems to be a lot of consequences associated with saying a lot of things online currently and while in the past i have been a very vocal individual online now that i am aware of certain things i recognize that there is a there's a more important need to not only protect ourselves but also ensure that our audience is able to take in the information that we're saying with sort of open ears and an open mind because if we were to follow the 
paths of various other content creators, then we could pick a hardline stance, which I'm sure in the future we may for a topic or another. But overall, we want to have this where if you're talking with someone and you want to show them something about a topic, then they're not going to get turned off by whatever we're talking about, hopefully, depending on what the topic is. Yeah, <laughs> always depends on what we're talking about. And I mean, bouncing off of what you said about the freedom of speech and freedom of and con- um, consequence. Um, yeah, there's always consequences for what you're going to say, whether they're good, bad. And I understand that I could go on here and try to please everybody and say everything from all corners of the worth of the earth and I would still probably get one hate email at least <laughs> which is which is okay and that's just how that's how the internet works you can't appeal to everyone no not everyone is going to agree with you and I thankfully understand that you understand that and some people don't and which is sometimes a bitter pill to swallow and I just want everyone to know that we try to be as open and as factual as possible while also having fun and bringing our own ideas out there and we also like we are going to be our true authentic selves as much as we can be while reading off of a pre-written script and also while you know throwing in our own just fun free times and we just hope that y'all enjoy it as much as we enjoy recording it and kind of continuing off of that in regards with the pre-written aspect of the script as well as the emphasis on wanting to stick to the facts the whole reason why we turned away from having a completely freeform podcast is one it would be hell to edit i even know now as we're recording this segment that this is going to take a while to get through but i also wanted us to have an ability to see what we're going to be saying and like ensure that whatever we're putting out there into the world because even if it's only reaching five people those five people could still be influenced by it. So I I personally want to make sure that whatever we're putting out here is genuine. So a lot of what we're saying, we do have sources that we're going through, and I'm thinking that we'll refine that process for later episodes when we get more in-depth into these subjects, where we can actually have things like citations, because I think that would be something really good. Because even if we do think that we're using the source correctly, someone out there may be like oh like that's not necessarily how it goes and i think it'd be a really good aspect to have kind of audience engagement with ensuring that the whole process is not only sound but also something that can expand over time where we can get into more nitty-gritty subjects while still remaining on the side of facts and not delving into the sort of unknown that just dream of consciousness would bring yeah exactly like this is going to be tied to us for I mean, depending on how long we do this, I mean, it's going to be tied to our names for hopefully forever, but it's going to be tied to us. And I just, I mean, I want the best for us. I want the best for our listeners. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you want the same as well. Um, And yeah, I just think this is going to be fun and hopefully it turns out as fantabulous as I think it's going to be. I think that's part of the benefit of having us attach our genuine names to this is while part of it was us wanting to opt for authenticity with this whole thing, another element of it is that we want you guys to know that we're actual people on here. We're not a construct by a company that's trying to sell you things or 
trying to market ourselves as someone that we're not. Whoa, 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 now, whoa, now. We want to sell things, we want to sell things, we need money, we, we, we enjoy money. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe we do want to sell things, but, but even if we do end up selling out, you'll know that it's us selling out and not our online personas. <laughs> So yeah, um, for for reference, future scripts likely won't have this sort of long tangent at the end. We kind of wanted to add this section. We gave ourselves um, a section of the script just to do this, as we really wanted to have sort of like a heart-to-heart type moment where we can talk about um, how we see the podcast, our sort of process for vetting the script, writing the script, even coming up with ideas for it, um, why certain things may be cut out or why we may stay just on the surface of something, because I'm sure that those of you opting for conspiracy podcasts are definitely wanting deep stuff, and I am sure there are podcasts out there that cover it, and I am sure they are good, but we're in a position where we just want to kind of look at the surface and try to go into that surface, but also do it in a measured way where we're not endangering ourselves or others or... Editing note, this is not to say we won't dive deep into subjects. We just don't want to risk real individuals hunting us down, as oddly enough it would not be our first time. So if the subject is mostly safe, you can bet we'll cover it and dive as deep as we can. Um, sort of casting light into the unknown and meeting whatever is out there, which could potentially be, you know, harmful to us, especially. Yeah, and that is all we want. That is all we've hopefully ever wanted since we started this. But now that we've gotten to the end of our unofficial edition, you're welcome to the world. If you would like to drop off some of your own emotional baggage or thoughts or ideas in our inbox or tell us about a conspiracy theory that you love or used to follow, please, please feel free to contact us at berengiapodcast at gmail.com. Can I spell it? Can I spell it for them? Uh, sure. I think it would definitely help out. Yeah. So, berengiapodcast at gmail.com. That's B-E-R-I-N-G-I-A podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. So, please hit us up. We would love to talk about literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for joining us alongside our first episode, or sort of pilot, casting ourselves out into the wild unknowns of online streaming for podcasts and honestly just thank you our next episode is slated to come out wednesday january 27th and i hope you guys will come back and join us for then too